Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to this week's Happy Mum, Happy Baby, Asking for a Friend. Now, a couple of episodes back, I caught up with Stacey Swift and we talked about parental mental health and practising self-love. Well, this week, I wanted to continue that conversation around parenting and mental health and get some views on an area from a medical perspective. Uh, so who better to discuss all things around parental burnout and mental health than the mum medic herself, Dr Poonam Krishan. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, I should say, you are a GP in Glasgow. Yeah. You're a mother of three. Two. two. I well, thought no, that no, when I saw it written down. The third one is a fur baby, so yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll three. keep that in. Fur baby. <laughs> a cat or a dog dog? It's a dog. It's, it's a, a dog. dog. Okay, we'll, we'll allow that. Five-year-old Simba. Oh, uh, a motivational speaker and fellow podcaster, Dr. Poonam, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? How is it being down in London? It's lovely. Do you know, apart from navigating the tube system, which I can't ever get my head around, but I've made it here and the weather's lovely. You can always get off. Yeah. Get off and work your way back. Absolutely. It's all fine. <laughs> yeah. Now, actually, we DM'd a little bit uh, because I said that we were having Stacey on and it felt like 
it's such a huge topic, maternal mental health. Yeah. And as much as self-care and everything is brilliant and that we do need to take that time to look out for ourselves and, and make sure that we are projecting love inwards as mm-hmm. well as outwards, it's actually a, an area that does need a GP's input or a doctor's input, someone who has that medical view on things as well. Yeah. And you get it a lot. I know you've got personal experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a GP, it, it's such a massive area. Yep. And we were saying before, it's not an area that mums necessarily want to come in and say, hi, I'm yep. I'm experiencing this. <clears throat> Absolutely. I think this is one of the things that we're seeing more and more of. And unfortunately, because we have this stigma that sits around maternal mental health, What I find is that, you know, mums don't come forward and say, look, I'm struggling or I'm finding things difficult or my mood is low because there's a sense of failure that's Mm. attached to that. And so we struggle and we struggle and we juggle on. And if you think about just even the last two years, it was a massive problem beforehand, something that wasn't spoken about at all before. Mm -hmm. But over the last couple of years where there's been this absolute escalation in the level of stressors, the responsibilities that have been put upon parents, it's even more of an issue, but it still remains hidden. And that's where I find that the struggle as a GP is that is trying to identify, pick up on the subtle signs and then try and support mums to say, look, you know, there's no such thing as failure when it comes to this. We're all in this together and it's not a cliche you know I feel it you you talk Mm -hmm. about it it's real nobody's taught us how to do this I think when you're in it though there's a feeling of everyone else can do it yeah everyone else is just good at it everyone else is far better Mm -hmm. and there's these little niggles that happen within you that tell you that you're the problem you're the issue yeah you know with having a baby we do what we do because we know that the leading cause of death in new moms is suicide within the first year like that's a horrifying thing to know yeah. and and if if all we need to do to help those mums is talk and let yeah. them know that it's safe to go to the GP with those things because I, th- I think such if I look back to those early days of even having a newborn mm-hmm. and the midwife coming over and the health visitor I was sure that they were only there to assess whether I was good enough to yeah. be a mum yeah and I thought if I failed that test they would take my baby away yeah you know, absolutely. And I connect with that so much. And I'm I'm a doctor. Mm. And I remember going through it with my eldest. And I think that looking back, things I wish had been different. I wish during my NCT sessions that there was the conversation about, you know, if this doesn't go a particular way, then that's okay. Yeah. But you only have one narrative. You're told about all the things that you can expect to happen if it goes textbook. But Nine times out of ten, things don't go textbook. Yeah. And I think it's a reality that's kind of missing from these conversations. And then when you're discharged from hospital again, when you have your midwife coming or the health visitor, then that's compounded by all your relatives and external friends that come to visit. Mm-hmm. Everyone's interested in the baby and there's this expectation that you are just fine. Yeah. And therefore, already you have in your mind that my role is to become this mother, my life is going to change for the better, and it does change for the better. But there's also a hell of a lot of stuff going on in the background. And at that point, if only we can empower everybody, from the healthcare professionals to family and friends to mum herself, that, you know, at that point, just be brave enough. You've done so much incredible, brave stuff to actually bring another life into the world. But just be open about how you're feeling and you'll find that actually the vast majority of mums are feeling the same way yeah. and a lot of the other people that are involved in your life or in your care will connect because they've been there too. What do you think it is that stops people from saying 
you know, holding their hands up and saying I'm struggling. Yeah, I think one, the stigma for sure, the sense of shame and failureism, but also a sense over the last couple of years, particularly what we're hearing is I don't want to burden yeah. the doctor I don't want to burden anyone I don't want them to you know they've got enough on their plates then there's the the sense of embarrassment you know that that's a, a big one culturally for a lot of people mental health already remains this kind of taboo topic and so therefore they're much less likely to come forward mm. but also accessibility you know I, I work in the NHS and Although I, you know, because I've also had lived experience, I'm very passionate and I actively seek out with all my postnatal mums. We need to get better as healthcare professionals to identifying the signs and to helping support women to have those conversations. And regionally at the moment, it's quite difficult to mm. access the care for some mums. And I think it's that wider conversation and action that needs to be taken. So there's lots of different things, but ultimately the person that suffers is mum. Yeah. And as you say, it's one of the leading causes of suicide in the yeah. UK. One in five mums is going to experience, you know, some sort of mental health illness during her pregnancy. And we're failing mums by not picking that up and do we think that that even that statistic is that people that have come forward because i wonder how many within that one in five how many yeah. how many of those other five aren't saying absolutely they're experiencing something because i i really feel like when you are in that going to a doctor would imply it's something that can be fixed but when you are in it mm -hmm. you are feeling that those thoughts are fact yes it's not a feeling yeah. to be fixed and that's the thing that's the conversation that when we're reading Instagram posts yeah. or in the magazines, you know, it's it's easy to kind of say, these are the signs that you should be looking out for. But when you are in it, and I know this because I have been through it, and I remember it took me a year and a half to actually get help myself because I wasn't sure what was going on. It's a darkness that nobody can ever describe until you're in it. And maybe with some hindsight, you can go, God, that was a scary place to be. Yeah. And the thoughts can be really frightening because they are so real and you don't want to feel them. You're looking at your baby and you want to feel all the love and, and joy and everything that you anticipated before you had them. But somewhere along the line, that connection isn't there. And you feel broken physically, mentally, emotionally. But then you look around and everybody else is smiling at mm. uh, what you know you've done or what the baby is bringing but you you're just empty yeah. and that in itself when you're in that you don't know how to say to someone actually well I know everyone's happy but I'm not yeah because what will that mean mm -hmm. and actually what hindsight now tells me is that I wish I'd been stronger and braver earlier on because had I got the help earlier I probably would have had longer to enjoy with my baby at that point yeah whereas I often look back and go quite a year and a half I felt all those things and I kept it to myself you know and I don't I don't beat myself up about it anymore but I do feel sad for that lost time and mm -hmm. it's really important to me that mums come forward very early on so that we can give them the support support is everything yeah when a baby is born genuinely a whole new human being in you is born like you know the term mother comes with so many responsibilities and demands and a complete life description that changes. Yeah. You need hand-holding. It's bizarre that we think that we should do it alone and be okay and yeah. not keep it real. Dr. Pinham, hmm? um, I'll say doctor every time because <laughs> you're a doctor. <laughs> we don't have many doctors in here, so you have to be a doctor. Um, we ask everyone on Asking for a Friend mm -hmm. what their three most asked questions are. Mm. So what's your first most asked question? So 
Oh, do you know, as as in personally for, for me or is it in the doctor capacity? In the doctor capacity. In the doctor capacity. Well, what, do you know what? What's really sad is that when it comes to mental health, I wish I could tell you three questions that, that people come in and ask me about. But unfortunately, there are none because people don't tend to come forward. Really? Yeah. So it's in, in the subtleties of conversations, of, of picking up, you know, walking into the waiting room, for example, and, and taking your, your mum and her baby and, and noticing how she's looking, where, you know, has she got a spark? What can you figure out from the way she's dressed to the way that she's speaking to fussing over the baby, but then going, how are you doing, mum? And I find I have to dig and prod mm-hmm. to sometimes get it. I rarely get a mum that comes in and says, you know, I'm struggling with my mood or, yeah. you know, what can help me feel a bit better? And I wish I could tell you that, I mean, that would be the dream. I just wish more mums would just come along and say, doctor, actually, I've been struggling a little bit recently. Yeah. Is there anything that you can say that could help me? I can remember um, doing something with a with a doctor um, and uh, we were talking about um, postnatal depression and stuff. And he was saying, you know, one of the things that I look out for, are they wearing their loungewear? Mm. Have they got any makeup on? <laughs> Have they done their hair that morning? I was like, that's motherhood right there yeah. as well, though. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> on the flip side of that, I think someone who's really well done up, mm-hmm. that could be signs. Absolutely. Because you're almost masking what, ah. you know, you don't want people to see what's inside. Yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. The the eternal mother dress code is very much <laughs> that if you're not doing a, a top knot and wearing pyjamas, there's definitely something wrong with you. <laughs> um, but, ah, do you know, and again, from personal experience, I remember, like, nobody would have ever known that I was struggling mm. with postnatal depression. And that was the first time that I got an insight into as a you know being on the other side of the consultation table of just how much we all put a mask on yeah you know for me the red lip became a big power thing because I would feel like hell and then I would get up and if it wasn't wearing high heels at home and prancing around because it made me connect with a previous life or made me stand that bit taller or Mm -hmm. feel that bit more in control or actually spending 10, 15 minutes to really fuss over myself to try and make myself feel bright and feel better. And nobody could tell that actually I was the lowest I've ever known. I'd never experienced anything like it. And when I actually eventually did get round to, to admitting how I was feeling, everyone said, but you look so fresh all the time, but you always look so good. How do you always have it all together? Yeah. And you're like, but that's mental health for you. Yeah. It is a spectrum and it's hidden and it's invisible and you get on because nobody else is going to do it for you. But that in itself isn't the way because it's a spiral that you go down until you can't take it anymore and then you watch it all kind of crash. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot that you can tell from the subtleties, like when I'm doing my postnatal clinics and you can tell whether, you know, I talk about the spark, but you can tell whether a mum's really just low and mm. perhaps not engaging with her baby in the same way. You can't tell that over the phone, yeah. you know. And for quite a while, because of the pandemic and lockdown, I did have a lot of anxiety for some of my mums because we were doing it on telephones or videos. But thankfully, that's all kind of changed and we're back to, to normal yeah. consultations. But, you know, how is she engaging with the baby? What is she telling you she's been up to? And really taking the time out to notice mum and to ask her how she's getting on with things, but giving her the space and grace 
to open up. Yeah. I think how we approach the conversation is really important. And I know we do it for wider mental health, but you say always ask twice. But really, when it comes to any mum, ask her twice. Yeah. And just give her space and, you know, do what you need to do with the baby and, and check them over. But always go back and just say, you know, how have the last few weeks have been about? Ask her about her social life. What has she been up to? Mm. You know, how's her energy levels doing? You know, all those subtle symptoms that can be quite non-specific. They all give you lots of clues as to how she's getting on. I guess they're also like little nudges just to mm -hmm. let her know, I'm here. Yeah. I'm aware. Yeah. You know. And, the, and I think a lot of people worry that by saying something, it's going to go down in their medical notes and, you know, that somehow it'll be there till the end of time. And, yeah. and I really want to, again, reassure anyone listening, it's not. You know, we might have a little note in, in the medical notes, but once that's been and gone and, you know, you, you don't revisit it. Nobody else sees your notes. Mm -hmm. They're completely confidential. And I think that just making sure that, that mum is okay and that she knows that there's somewhere that she can have as a safe space, which is what your GP's room is. It is a very safe space. And as I said earlier, if you don't if you don't get through to one person, you feel that rapport hasn't been built up, then just pick up the phone and ask for another appointment with someone yeah. else. Yeah. I love it. So your three questions really aren't questions for you. They're questions that you would look yeah. out for or, yeah. or ask. I wish. The, the new mum coming into the room. Yeah, in a few years' time, maybe we could revisit it and you'd be like, what are your three questions? I was like, well, mums are coming in and saying, <laughs> not feeling so great and can you yeah, tell me what's yeah. going to help? Or, you know, I'd love to maybe try some medication or therapy. Could yeah. you tell me what's available in my area? You know, these types of questions would be incredible because I'm like, go you. Yeah. Go you, because there's lots there and and not to shy away from yeah. the fact if you need treatment for a little bit of time. So what? It's just so hard, isn't it? Because I think you feel like some, you, you've, you've got this baby, life is about that baby, and you become secondary, and it happens straight away. It does. It really, really does. From the moment baby comes into the world, I think instinctively mm -hmm. you kind of go into that. Even if you're not feeling it and you are feeling sadness, you still feel that actually it's, it's baby number one. But... I think that even in the run-up, and I, this is where I wish that the pre-birth chats change, you know, to let your partner know that I need you to just to ask me how I am and to check yeah. in or plan for things, you know, things that you can look forward to or things that you know have always made you feel good because I think there's a sense, and we should do it selflessly, which is, you know, wanting to connect back to old you. There's nothing wrong with that. Old you is still in you. Yeah. It's just you've got a whole new job as well. But somehow we think, no, I can't go back to that. This is it, and I've got to be like this Instagram mum that's got it all sorted, and there's yeah. no such thing. We no. all put on fronts and... You know, I wish we were more real on social media and I think that would be kind of service to our fellow kind mm -hmm. of tribe. But I think that the conversation needs to start before the birth and then from there on having people around you to keep reminding you that you are, are still number one. Yeah. Because what I've learned both through my own experience and through seeing my patients is that when mum is well, everything works well yeah but the moment mum is poorly everything crashes and then mm -hmm. it becomes even bigger of, of an issue for everyone involved and and I think that in, we don't give that kind of status to mum enough until it's too late yeah A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We have been asking the Have and Have Baby community to send in their questions. So let's just go through them. If you've had postnatal depression with your first child, are you likely to have it with subsequent children? Is that something that you worried about going? Absolutely, yeah. And everyone was on, on kind of high alert for me. And absolutely, statistically, we know that you are at a higher risk. If you've had any form of mental health illness before, pregnancy can increase that risk. So the biggest thing that I would say is to tell that to your midwife from the very first meeting that you have. Look, you know, I've had this before or I've been on medication for depression or anxiety before, so that they know. And the, and the purpose for doing that is that they need to make sure that along your journey, that the obstetricians, the other kind of midwives, the health visitor, the GP, everyone is aware, so that then we kind of heighten our, you know, uh, sense of diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So we can pick it up much earlier on. Yeah. And again, it's nothing to it's it's there to help you. Absolutely, you're not outing yourself in any way. You're not you're, outing. You're there to it's it's there so that everyone can give you what you need. Yes, absolutely. Can you stop it from happening? So, can you stop it from happening? Would almost kind of suggest that it's your fault yeah. that it's happened in the first place, yeah. and I don't want anyone to ever feel that. You know, you we literally had a few people ask that question: yeah. Is it something you can actually prevent? Yeah. So, I think there's lots of things that we can do generally to help our mental health, and lifestyle has a huge role to play in that. Don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> don't change anything. Don't change your hormones. Don't change. No, just and, and you will be just fine. <laughs> That's one way of doing it. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Doctor Pinham. That was really insightful. oh goodness Um, but yeah so coming back to you know lifestyle is really really important and medications in itself as in you know making sure that you are doing some form of physical activity you know and I do know that sometimes as pregnancy advances it can be quite difficult especially if you have you know issues with SPD for example Mm -hmm. or back pains or any complications but any form of physical activity will release natural kind of endorphins and feel good hormones that will make you feel better making sure that you are eating foods to enhance your energy and your mental well-being because food has a huge role to play too Mm. Sleep. I mean, pregnancy can totally affect that in lots of different ways. Yeah. But getting the rest and getting the that kind of downtime is is very important. Sleep must be so linked. It's to totally to mental health. all like, these things are so linked to mental health. Yeah. You know, if you're eating heavily processed kind of carb heavy foods all the time, if you're not getting enough sleep, all these things, even when you're not pregnant, mm-hmm. can have a very negative effect on your sense of energy levels and your mental health. So the these are some of the things that you can absolutely do manage your stress levels look at you know what's going on in your everyday life 
speak to your employers or during pregnancy specifically, you know, especially that first and second trimester, you really are tired all the time. Yeah. You want to sleep like 18, 19 hours a day or if you're, you know, struggling with nausea or vomiting or hyperemesis, anything like that, have those open conversations. A lot of stigma, you know, surrounds that as well and you can end up putting yourself through huge amounts of anxiety and pressure which can then lead itself to to kind of exacerbating worsening of mental mm. health further down the line so I think it's just all those things can certainly help sort of prevent or reduce the burden but ultimately if your hormones are kind of you know leading you that way or you know just biochemically it's, it's going to happen then it's it's everything else that we've discussed that yeah how do you know when you have it and when to ask for help? Yeah. Because it's, I guess it's that thing that we were talking about. It is, motherhood is hard and it's such a massive gear change from simple things like being able to just walk out your house yeah. and go to the park yeah. and then having to have all that other baggage that comes along with yeah. the baby, you know, and every, there's so much more to think about. It's, I think it's the little things, everything suddenly changes. Everything absolutely does suddenly change. And, you know, even the act of getting out for a walk, mm -hmm. you know, I remember like just trying to get out for a walk sometimes was the hardest thing. And I'd be like, oh, well, I'm just a failure. And like, yeah. I can't even get out. But um, and it can feel really daunting. So even feel, though we know yeah. that getting out is going to be helpful to you and, yep. and beneficial in many ways, yep. the actual idea of it can, can really quite, put you off. Yeah. I think just how can you tell if you're if you're in it? One of the things with mental health is insight goes. When you're living it and it feels really dark and you can't see any hope, you're not imagining it. You just don't know how to think differently. So... By having conversations, and again, I feel that this needs to be had in these NCT classes, but also empowering your partner, empowering mm -hmm. your close friends and just say, you know, like check in on me. And if you notice, and these people will know what you're like normally, okay? And there will be some grace time given for the first few weeks. But if they can then tap in and say, well, actually, you are just not yourself at the moment. Is everything okay? You know, that can be a great way of knowing that things aren't right. But just being honest and, and saying to, to somebody that you trust, or your midwife or GP that, you know, am I am I supposed to feel the way that I'm feeling? These are some of the thoughts that I'm having. And they'll be able to guide and, and support you as well. And I think yeah. that, that that those things are, are so important that just we seem to just not appreciate. Mm -hmm. What signs should I look for in a friend? Mm hmm. Because I guess it's that thing that even you said yeah. as a doctor, asking a couple of times. I've got a friend who will always ask me twice how I am. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that when you go around, make sure that you're not just focusing all your attention on the baby. So hard. And it's little things that you can do, you know, um, whether it's checking in how they are, whether it's dropping around supplies that might make their day easier mm -hmm. by going around and offering some help, you know, to take the baby out for a walk just so mum can get a little bit of time for herself. You know, all those things are really important. I think that something that I found quite helpful and I say to a lot of patients in general for mental health is to do a self audit. So have a little journal or a little notebook by your bed. And every morning, ask yourself, you know, how am I feeling today? What are my energy levels like? Two really simple but important questions. If you find that over a two-week period, consistently and honestly, you're documenting tired and low, no energy, sad, tearful, you know, that 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 is telling you that something's not right with you and that you need to get help. So it's quite a good way of just kind of that external dumping, but then being able to review this audit and going, right, um... 
I need to speak to someone about this. Mm-hmm. But other signs that you can see, if you can see that your friend is 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 just complaining of tiredness all the time, if they're they're just not having the energy, if they're not tidying their house, if, if it's always a mess, if they're not dressing themselves in the way that they used to, they haven't showered in days, which can happen with motherhood. Yeah. But if it's consistently happening or you find that they're they're not looking like they're bonding with their baby as much, just anxious all the time, all those are telltale signs. And I think how you approach it is really important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, come with a, at them with a place, from a place of love. So, you know, I'm a little bit worried about you. How are you feeling? You know, I've noticed some changes. Do you think that I can come to the doctor with you if you would like? Yeah. You know, I think all those things just just do for them what you would want done for you. Yeah. Um, one mum has said, my mental health is worse now. My child is two and a half. Is this common? So mental health, especially for mums, it can happen at any point. And, and so with maternal mental health, we look so much within that first mm-hmm. chunk of time. Yep. But is it something that can happen anytime? And is it is it a wave? Can you come into it and then go back into it at a different point? You can absolutely. So postnatal depression technically tends to be anything from up to one to two years post birth. Right. But it can, we're all different. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, at two and a half years, absolutely. It might be that it's maybe been grumbling along and now it's really kind of hit a point where you feel overwhelmed. But at every stage of parenthood, at different milestones will be different challenges. Yeah. Um, you know, having a baby, that's a huge transition. I've got a two-year-old and I'm going through the toddler phase. Mm-hmm. Huge transition. You know, you're trying to, to learn about all the kind of things that your baby's doing and are they hitting all their milestones and you're, you're learning to kind of meet them where they're at and understand them but you know it's it's, it's quite a, a thing for for you as a mum yeah. and then you kind of enter when they're going into school and then they're teenagers every wave and season of your child's life comes with its own pressures mm-hmm. and it also feeds into what else is happening in your life too so you know if at any point you feel that things are feeling a bit overwhelming and a bit too much to a point that it's worrying you enough to send in a question to to Yuji you know I think that that's something that I would definitely encourage speaking to someone you trust or or actually just speaking to your doctor about it Mm -hmm. and when you speak to your GP Mm -hmm. uh, is that do you then get passed on to someone else who sort of might be able to is is it a counseling thing do you get get through to a therapist how is that what are the next steps after you yeah. speak to your gp so it's a great question so usually it will depend on the severity of the situation so quite often i've got mums that you know I am enough for them so I will chat to them and we'll have a couple of follow-up consultations and actually just them being able to externalise it and be told that it's completely normal and okay for them to feel that way that is enough sometimes it might be that the conversation plus some short-term medication like an antidepressant will do the trick and just kind of help level off the chemical imbalances and just help them give them a a bit of an energy push for them just to get out of the pit that they feel stuck in and other times it might be the input of a psychologist for some cognitive behavioural therapy, mm-hmm. which is a talking therapy. And at the moment, particularly because of the pandemic, it's much worse. But wait times are long on the NHS. Yeah. So it might be that you have the conversations with the doctor, the medication whilst you've been referred for yeah. CBT. If you're in a position to maybe organising sort of a private CBT, you know, that that might do the trick. But there's lots of different avenues for support. So it really depends on the severity of yeah. your symptoms. Someone has said, this is interesting, I feel like I'm always filled with rage. Mm. Is this postnatal depression, motherhood, or am I moving towards the menopause? Well, mum rage is a thing. 
It's a thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that... But it goes back to that overwhelmed thing yeah. we're talking about. And you kind of... And then I've said, read loads of things about the trigger of, like, we're, we're us as kids and what say, our expectations of ourselves were from our parents and all these things. It's so multi-layered, that It's multi-layered, that but it's rage. also just forgetting that we're just ordinary human beings yeah. and we have a capacity that once it's it's kind of at its limit and you keep on overflowing you cannot expect us to just continually function on a normal like emotional state it just mm-hmm. doesn't exist and being able to recognize that okay i'm feeling really overwhelmed i need to figure out how i'm going to solve this situation for me it might be you know, I, I've done it, locking yourself in the toilet for a few minutes mm-hmm. because there's only so many times you can hear, Mum, look, Mum, look, Mum, look, Mum, look, you know, and it gets to the point where you're like, at? <laughs> what am I looking at? But I've also got all this other stuff to do, you know, and just taking five out, um, going for a, a walk, getting the whole family out and just going, right, we're all going for some fresh air or calling up someone that you just say, can you come over and give me a hand? Mm-hmm. Saying to your partner, I'm finding it a bit much, you know, speaking to your employer and going, right, I, you know, I need to look at different ways of reviewing my my working week because I am feeling just very overwhelmed because what starts off is that you're feeling a bit overwhelmed but just getting on with it soon that starts to a point where you're lashing out you're getting really angry irritable you're snappy you're not fun to be around with soon that then becomes you've lost interest in doing things you're tired all the time and before you know it if you haven't taking help at any of those points you're burnt out mm-hmm. you're collapsed in a heap you cannot do your job you can't look after your kids you're severely depressed yeah. and and it actually it's a disservice to everyone and most of all you yeah but everything else is just kind of crashed and burnt so really to avoid that state is first recognizing that the ups and downs every day are very normal mm-hmm. speak to any ordinary mum she will tell you that there are points throughout the day where she will lose her patience yeah she become really angry and that's not and then the mum guilt will hit and the mum guilt happens straight away dads cry. don't experience it I'm yeah. like let's do some husband do you ever get dad rage he's like no and I'll say of course you don't <laughs> <laughs> something wrong with me then <laughs> um but recognising and just doing steps to, to prevent you getting to burnout because that is the thing that I'm seeing a lot of at the moment. Universal burnout, but maternal burnout is a real thing and there's far too many mums that are being crippled with it, which is then taking them off everything that they love doing, including yeah. their work. I, I mean, I love the fact that she's brought up the menopause as well yeah. because that's the next joy that oh, we've all got to face. Absolutely. They just, uh, just well, time wasn't made easy when women were created, <laughs> was it? And and again, the hormonal fluctuations that happen during that time, perimenopause into menopause, a huge chunk of our life. Well, you know, thank heavens for Davina because I've yeah. had so many conversations lately. Davina McCall doing her documentary and all the amazing work that she's doing on, yeah. on perimenopause and menopause now. You know, I think so many women feel like they are slowly going mad. Yeah. And feel this rage. Absolutely. You know, and actually, it's all right. Exactly. And, you know, for so many decades, unfortunately, women have had to go through this on their own, you know, especially as women were having children a lot later in life. So, you know, add in then hormones into that when you're going through perimenopause. It's no wonder, you know, women think, oh, I'm going crazy. Yeah. But there's no grace or space being given to that cohort of individuals. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to open up that conversation that if you are feeling all those highs and you are not crazy, yeah. like there's actually something very physiological happening in your body. Yeah. And everyone at the table needs to know that and normalise it. And there's nothing 
wrong with you. But actually, you need all the support that you can get and and be strong enough to just say it. And I, you'll find I often find one woman puts up her hand and says, I've, I'm going through this. And all the others like, yeah, yes. been there or me too. Yeah. Or, oh, my God, that's all ahead of me. We're all in this together. It's going to yeah. happen to all of us. Yeah. You know? And what I just love is that we, you know, we've opened up this conversation around motherhood and I love that Davina has now done it around the menopause. I think it's it's such a brave thing. Yeah. But it, it's, it's something that shouldn't need bravery to talk it about because it happens to every woman. Absolutely. But, you know. And it's just the, the seasons of a woman's life. You know, mm. there's so much that happens during them. Lots of joys, but there's also lots of really normal kind of lows that take yeah. place. And actually, instead of branding us as crazy or you know something wrong with you mm-hmm. it has just been the biggest disservice but it makes me so happy even as a clinician especially following Davina's uh, documentary the number of women that are contacting really? us that is amazing G like it's it's women calling up going I want to be on HRT or these are my symptoms and what's my choice is and I'm like this is incredible you know when I left medical school this was not something that we were we were hearing from yeah. women they were just struggling and suffering in silence yeah. and and now we're at a point where like yes absolutely you've done your research and, and also this- I wonder how many of those women would have gone through motherhood mm-hmm. and and felt those waves and not said anything whereas yep. now there's this thing and actually I am going to say yeah. exactly what is wrong with me what I'm feeling yeah because you can give me something that's going to take it all away absolutely why should we struggle without <laughs> yeah. when there's so much there that's available to help mm-hmm. us feel better yeah you know like it's, it's again it's just you're expected to birth in a certain way that society thinks is it should be done and yeah breastfeeding and if you don't do that then you're feeling if you don't manage this then you're feeling if you don't go through menopause without complaining then you're it's just it's yeah. enough now and I think yeah. that we are you know where we are at this moment in time and it's a great time to to be a woman mm-hmm. and um and fingers crossed you know these conversations continue and we and and, and yeah we all go along together yeah absolutely how can I build a better relationship with my child following postnatal depression mm. So I'm probably going to go back to this one having gone through this yeah. myself and I kind of mentioned before we started chatting that it was my son's uh, ninth birthday recently and I was doing that thing that mums do where you spend you know a good couple of hours just sobbing your heart out as you <laughs> see their photos over the years and you know for a good year and a half of my son's life at the beginning I was really crippled with postnatal depression and I don't remember much of it and the photos are there and I'm smiling in the photos but I kind of look back and I think god like I just wish I could have actually experienced that in all its kind of totality mm-hmm. um but then here he is nine and it's he's the most colorful joyous thing in my life mm-hmm. and and I guess to anyone that's kind of been through that journey or might be going through it just now, that you do, you make up for lost time. You know, you give yourself, eventually you forgive the moment. And yes, sometimes I do feel, God, it was a robbed time, but you do, you make up for it. And when you get the help and you come out the other side of that haze, all you have is just the beauty ahead and and your little one, you bond and it does come and it comes with so much love that you don't even know that you had this love and it's a journey that only you two have been together that nobody else will ever get. Mm. Was there a moment for you where you felt that 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 love, you suddenly really felt it? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely do and I don't think it came like that but he was so integral and instrumental in my healing and that was a bizarre bit for for me in that 
I would go along to all these classes and just not feel what I saw the other mums feeling and I felt very alone and I would take him to like the baby sensory classes and he would just not engage in the things mm-hmm. that other babies, you know, he wasn't interested in the fairy lights or the colours or any. But what what started happening was that I would come out and he, at nine year old, wants to be a gardener and loves all <laughs> things nature and plants. But he had a way of just like looking at plants and touching leaves in a way that I'd never really stopped because life is fast. Yeah. So I'd kind of got down to his level and I never forget it. And I kind of looked at the leaves and the way that he was looking with this complete fascination. It was almost like, you know, I was looking at them for the first time. Mm. And then he'd watch clouds and I'd never slowed down enough to watch clouds passing. And I was like, God, they are really beautiful. And I think it coincided with a time where I was on medication and getting sort of the support that I needed, that as that cloud started to shift and I started looking at the world through his little eyes, that I really realised actually it's me and you two. It's like (laughs) we're in this together and we're discovering the world in a very new way. And it did. It felt like such a new world to me Mm -hmm. because when you've been somewhere that is so dark that nobody really gets it unless you speak to someone that's been through it. You do feel like you've been given another lease of life when you mm. come out of it. And it does look so colourful and it looks beautiful. And then, you know, the bond that was missing because I felt so sad. I was like, I, I want to love you so bad and I don't know why it's not happening. And then I couldn't. And I look back and I'm like, God, how, how did that happen? Because we are, we're, we're the closest we could ever be. And I see that with a lot of mums that I speak to that have been through their journeys as well, that it comes. Just have yeah. the have the faith, have the belief be strong enough to ask for the help because on the other side of that is just it's incredible and it's the joyous ride that you always thought it was going to be and um, we don't all get there at the same time but we all come through it together like we do <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that was so beautiful <laughs> sorry <laughs> I can't myself going for ages that was so beautiful <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I know I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but it's so beautiful because I think when you're in it, you don't know your way out. You can't see you can't see that brighter side, like that brighter world. And I oh, just so beautiful, Pinham. Thank you. <laughs> um, gosh, uh, someone has asked: Can my husband have a form of postnatal depression? Now yeah. I know that Tom definitely felt something within those first few weeks where it was a very strange place for for our family to be in. But husbands can definitely be affected. Absolutely. And it can be quite difficult for them to vocalise it as well because we think maternal mental health, you know, isn't spoken about, but, you know, postnatal depression affects men too, Mm. our partners, you know. And I think that what I've observed over the last couple of years especially is that partners that couldn't go to the appointments not be part mm. of that journey with their you know with their other halves that were going through you know appointments on their own and potentially birthed on their own as well you know they, they weren't part of that so the kind of the aftermath of that has been detrimental for both sides yeah. you know there's been mum that's been anxious and and left upset and almost like no sense of closure but then the partners have felt well I've missed out but I don't want her to to feel that I'm putting it on her because she's just gone through all of this mm. um but I, it's it's really important that that partners are empowered as well and dads are, are told that you know you can speak up about it yeah. men are notoriously bad as well like coming forward to speak about it but then they think well postnatal just means mum yeah you know and actually 
it's not at all. If you've witnessed a traumatic birth, you know, I, much like yourself, my husband, you know, I'd never, he, he felt he couldn't speak about it at the time that I was going through it because his job was to look after me, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, and we had an awful situation in the uh, I, I, trauma was in, in that intensive care and he was just left with this baby and it was his, our first one and he was like, I just didn't know what to do and he was anxious about me but he was also suddenly in charge of this little baby and, and it took him several years mm. to tell me I found that really, really tough. Really? And I was like, God, why didn't you say anything? And he's like, it's just you know, I just wanted to make sure you were okay and, and they're still getting on, they get their two weeks off and then they're back to work and just yes. getting on with it and everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, congratulations and it's a whole other world so I would say that it's 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 something that you go into together and I think having those conversations as long as when you're going out to buy the buggies and yeah. all the newborn stuff, have that exchange beforehand of how are we going to help each other with our mental health. Yeah. You know, it's such a good one to have, you know, what what would you like me to do for you? Mm. Or how can how can we just make sure that we're both OK and let's check in on each other regularly? And I know it might sound like a bit of a naff conversation, but actually it hits you very quickly. Yeah. And before you know it, you're in it. Yeah. And then you don't know how to backtrack. Yeah, absolutely. One person has written and it goes back to that one in five thing. Is it possible that everyone gets it to an extent? I think that we all feel overwhelmed to an extent. Yeah. I think that I went into this going, oh my God, it's going to be absolutely gorgeous and all the rest of it. But what I've seen across the board is that every parent, every mother goes through a sense of, I don't know what I'm doing. This feels crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody prepared me for this. Uh -huh. You know, the healing for a start, like we're all united and there's very, very, very few women that I've met that just go, God, that was easy and I just totally came out and it was absolutely perfect and didn't hurt at all and oh, the baby started breastfeeding <laughs> and it was just, and like I've never ever hear that. Yeah. And I speak to lots of mums postnatally mm -hmm. and there is the odd one where I'm like, God, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Not at all. Like, something. Gosh, so jealous. Um, but generally, you know, every mum will experience overwhelm, postnatal blues, you know, not everyone gets it, but baby blues is that kind of initial two-week period. You've got milk coming in, your hormones are all trying to readjust, you're mm -hmm. sleep deprived, you know, you're basically put through a torture camp for two weeks. Um, so the vast majority of mums... I like the first three weeks to hell. Yeah. Like literally. <laughs> and I know I shouldn't because I should say it's the best thing ever. Yeah. But... It is it's torture. So, you are. In many you're, ways. You know, you don't eat, you don't sleep, you, you're constantly... Walking around, you're walking, your, your body, your yeah, food, yeah, everything. You feel vulnerable in yes. so many ways. And, you know, that one in five statistic, and I think that it is much more than that, you can't really, unless you've had pre-existing issues mm. of mental health, you can't predict who's going to get it. Yeah. But at some point, yeah, but I, I probably would be brave enough to say, you know, every one of us should be on high alert for it yeah. and be aware that it is something that can happen and it, it can catch you off guard. Yeah. So therefore, just put in place as you would prepare all the physical things for the birth, but also have a mental kind of health toolkit yes. uh, ready as well yeah. so you know all the things that's happened you've got the people prepared and you know hopefully you're absolutely fine but yeah. if not that's also okay and yeah. we're here to scoop you up and is that what you want people to take away yeah. from this podcast 100 percent. yeah yeah punam we finish each episode with you completing three sentences okay <laughs> the first one is being a parent means 
means I get to experience childhood all over again, but in an even more exciting way through the lens of my kids. If I could tell you one thing, it would be? That you're always going to be okay. And I'm happy when? I'm happy when, no matter how crazy and loud and noisy the day has been, when I am sat reading books to my kids at night and all that noise goes away, I'm the happiest I could ever be. Mm. Well, I think we should end that there. Because <laughs> I feel like we both need to have a cry and a cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It's been, it has been an absolute joy to chat. And I know that this area is something that we should just keep banging on about. Absolutely. Because the more mums we scoop up, the better. Yes. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.